0: Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. Uh, if you're watching online uh, or if you're here in the studio, good to have Brother Peyton with us this morning. Uh, and uh, We're just always excited to be in the Word of God, especially uh, on Friday mornings where we're discussing at the moment, at the present time, Second Timothy. And we'll be in chapter 1 this morning. And I just pray that you would uh, get your Bibles, follow along with us. It's been a great teaching. Um, This morning we're going to begin in, in verse 14 but of course we'll have to back up to verse 13, scratch our feet a little bit and run down into it before we get started. I just want to say how thankful I am to all those who uh, allow us to speak the words of God's truth into their lives each and every week, whether it be Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Monday, Thursday mornings, or Friday mornings, or any other time for that matter. Uh, we have, I believe this is the 540th episode that you could find on my Spreaker app. Uh, it's, it's not my app, it's the Spreaker app. My channel is for those who have ears to hear. And there are 540 episodes of gospel-centered, meaning cross-centered, messages that you can find there on audio form. But you can also find everything we do on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. I would encourage you to uh, become my friend. Follow me on Facebook, whether it's my Curtis Hutchinson page or the Pastor Curtis uh, Facebook page, both of those every morning, somewhere around 730. I post scripture right now on one of those I'm talking about the judgment seat of christ and have been this week and and uh, it's just happened uh, the lord stirred my heart about that because also in our romans teaching presently that we're in romans chapter 14 now uh the judgment seat of christ has come up there in verse 10 and and the lord's really stirred my heart about that so i begin to look at that more and share more of that with those of you and again thank you for all of all of you who are associated with our ministry praying for us and sowing financially into, into this ministry of good ground and that it is. That is we uh, have become focused on the very thing Paul was focused on and that was what Jesus has done for us through His work at Calvary. And all the Scriptures are in that light. Matter of fact, that's the only thing that gives light to any of the Scriptures and makes any of the Scriptures the truth to us Is our faith in the blood. The Lord spoke to me recently and said that the only word the enemy cannot steal out of your heart is the word that is dipped in the blood every other word that we're just trying to do something with outside of that context of Calvary the enemy will steal that word and uh, as as it won't be any good anyway and how and let me say you this before we get into the word this morning the way the enemy is able to steal the word out of our heart he never just takes the word away he trades it for something other that is not the truth because we're all believing something we need to remember that the enemy He just doesn't steal something. He replaces it. That's how he steals. So let's remember that. This morning in 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, I pray the Lord will bless us today with bread and meat, milk for those who need milk and those who need meat. Meat is on the table today and I believe he's going to do it. I believe he's going to even work miracles during this broadcast today, just as when the apostles and the disciples Preached those sound words in the early days. Many people were healed and touched and delivered, and I pray that's going to happen today in the name of Jesus as well. Verse 13 in 2 Timothy chapter 1 says, Hold fast the, sound, the form of sound words. Sound words have a form, he says, which you've heard of me in faith, And love which is in Christ Jesus. And we talked uh, a little bit about that last week. Everything God has for anybody is only found in Christ Jesus. Nothing is outside of Christ. You you and I, we don't work our way into Christ. Christ did the work. We believe our way into Christ. And there's where the works begin. And only those works that are uh, experienced by those who have faith in the cross... Will be rewarded for those works. Nothing done outside of Christ will there be a reward for. Nothing. Everything God is doing is in Christ, and we need to remember that. All things are by Him, for Him, through Him, and to Him. Praise God. So, He says, hold fast the form of sound words. You can't just do anything with the Word of God. You've got to hold fast the form of the sound words, which you've heard of me, Paul said, "In faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed unto you, keep by the Holy Spirit, which dwells in us." Now, verse fourteen is 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 very uh, important that we understand it because it tells us that something was committed to Timothy. It wasn't just committed to Timothy. Something has been committed to me and to you. God, when he saved us by grace through faith in Christ Jesus and his atoning work at the cross, committed something unto us. Paul writes what that is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The Bible says there that God has committed unto us the word of reconciliation that's what's been committed unto us that those sound words that, that that yes he's committed ministry to us but every minister's ministry is a ministry of reconciliation whether it's to the lost world being reconciled coming back to God through faith in the blood or it's to the wayward Christian who God is attempting in 99.9% of the church today to get On the path of reconciliation, come back, be reconciled back to God so that you can walk with God because we do not walk with God outside of faith in the cross and that's been abandoned. That's been uh, forsaken. Now, people won't admit it, but it has been because how do we know? That's not what's being preached. What is being preached is in the books that are being written by men today. These three steps, that program, this event, that conference, tying this on the doorknob, uh, saying this, doing that, all works and law and bondage. Either it's faith in what Jesus did or it's faith in something we're doing. And it is not faith in Jesus and, and now whatever I want to do, no, it's faith alone in Christ Jesus and what He did at Calvary. And when that's where our faith is, then the Word of God begins to be understood and we can walk in the form of sound words. This, these, th- this form of sound words. And, and I want to say something this morning. If we didn't have any of Paul the Apostle's writings, I'm not, we could be saved, but there would be nothing telling us how to live saved if we did not have what Paul wrote. Amen, Brother Curtis. If we didn't have all that Paul wrote... We could be saved, but we could never know how to live saved. And Timothy would have been in big trouble. And more than likely, Timothy would have had a greater temptation to run off with the rest of those who were running off. And we'll see that today in the Scriptures. That's going to really be the focus of this teaching today is the realization of how few people have ever held fast to sound words That began, because we all began with sound words, we all began with that form of sound words, but throughout the ages, and we'll see this in the Word today, throughout the ages, God's people might have started right, but most didn't finish right. And we'll see that today. But in verse 14, the Bible says, That good thing which was committed unto you, keep that by the Holy Spirit which dwells in us. Now, let's talk about this because here Paul is telling Timothy, there's something that's been committed to you that you have to keep. You have to choose to keep it. You have to choose that. The Holy Spirit will not, He will not just empower you, enable you to keep that which was committed unto you without you, and here comes the word, it was in Wednesday night's teaching, yielding. You and I, in the writings of Romans chapter 6, are given that great secret that it is what God will do, but He only does what He does through our yielding, our Presenting ourselves to His way, this prescribed order, His form of sound words. Not His words taken and us forming them uh, to provide a different shape, but His form of sound words and our yielding to them. We don't take God's Word and change it and add to it and take away. We accept God's Word as God's sound Word and we trust it. The Bible says in Proverbs that God has sound wisdom laid up for the righteous. That means it's sound, it's Set. It's it's immovable, but it'll move you and change you and guide you if you will yield yourselves to it. You need to understand that that the word for us is yielding to allow the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not going to just push me up against the wall and say, this is how you're going to do it, and I'm going to do it whether you want me to or not. And that, That's not how this Christianity works. That's how religions work, but that's not how Christianity works. Christianity, uh, from the moment we're lost, believing as a lost sinner, to all through our life as a Christian, is based on our yielding to these form of sound words that has been committed unto us and us yielding to those truths in God's Word so the Holy Spirit can keep those. It's us choosing to yield and the Holy Spirit keeping. Hallelujah. That's what, the, that's what Peter wrote, isn't it? In 1 Peter 1, uh, 1 5, that we're kept by the power of God oh, here it comes through faith unto salvation. If the result is not our expression of salvation then faith is not happening. Faith always manifests in the result, a manifestation of obedience to God's Word. Always. If that's not the result of faith, then faith is not what we think it is. So, I needed to say these things this morning that Timothy is told to keep. That which was committed to him, but he's told the avenue through which he keeps it is through yielding to what the Holy Spirit wants to do, and the way the Holy Spirit does what He does. Again, He's a gentleman. He's not tying you up and putting you in a in a room, locking you up somewhere. He offers you the truth. He offers us the form of sound words, and if we yield continue to yield to that, then He will keep that which was committed unto us. I can't keep it. I'm telling you, that's why preachers today are throwing in the towel by the drove. Christians are getting out of, of 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 being faithful to God by the drove because they don't understand how to live for God. How do I commit this which I was given by the Lord? How do I commit this to Him by the Holy Spirit? I have to yield... When people around me are falling out left and right and making up excuses why they don't need to do this and that anymore, hey, I'm saved by grace. I'm free. I've been liberated. I don't have to do anything anymore. That sounds awful enticing, but only to my flesh. My spirit man struggles with hearing that. My my spirit man, that one who desires to run the race, my, my spirit, the one that's striving against everything, the flesh is screaming at me, Desires to keep running this race, and when people and preachers and everybody's falling by the wayside and not functioning in a manifest obedience to God's word, it's it's an occasion, and they're going to answer for that. We all are. They're giving me an occasion to go with them away from a place of faithfulness to God's form of sound words. And somebody said, "Amen." Keep me, Lord. But the only, you listen, I hear so uh, so many people today saying, help me, Lord. And that's the end of it. That's the end. That's, that's what they do in 40 years of help me, Lord, and nothing ever changes. Nothing ever changes. Why does nothing ever change? Why aren't people being changed? Because saying, help me, Lord, is not the answer. God sees those who say, help me, Lord, who really mean more than words... They mean it from the heart... Because it's there God makes the changes. Make no mistake about it. When the heart's being changed, the fruit is manifest to be seen. There is a more of a faithfulness there. are Those who have ministered to the saints and are ministering to the saints. There are those in Psalm, what is it, Psalm 92, that talk about even when they get old, they'll be fat and flourishing in the courts of their God. Why? Because they're still planted in the house of the Lord. That means, you know, the Bible says the path of the just show shines brighter until that perfect day to those who are still on it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're living in a day where folk will get mad at you for talking about being faithful. They'll get mad at you talking about being a student of the Word, being faithful to uh, church services, being faithful to give, being being faithful. Folk will get mad, and instead of dealing with the conviction properly, they'll say, you're a preacher of condemnation. I've been called that, but I keep marching on, hallelujah. That good thing which was committed unto us, we might as well put us in the story here, The only way we're going to keep it is by the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Now we know, we've learned that the Holy Spirit works in the new covenant according to a law. The priesthood has been changed and the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 12 that because the priesthood changed, there was also a necessity for the law to change. The priesthood changed. We're no longer under the Aaronic priesthood. Aaron and his sons and down through the years now, Jesus is the great high priest. Hallelujah. He came and shed his own blood, presented himself before the Father, accepted by the Father. Hallelujah. And the law changed, Romans 8, 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law, the old law, of sin and death. So the Holy Spirit, the law of the Spirit of life. I want you to get that today. Many people don't understand that, don't even know this. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. That's Romans 8, 2. And it's a great uh, illumination there for those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church in these last days. That the Holy Spirit works within the perimeters of your faith in the cross. That is what allows the Holy Spirit now to keep that by, by the Spirit through Christ, it's always those two things. It's never outside of that process. Whatever is by the Spirit is through Christ Jesus. That means your faith in what He did at Calvary, and it allows the Holy Spirit now to keep that within us, enabling, empowering us. It's really called grace, but the. Spirit God, is called the Spirit of Grace, who enables us, empowers us to keep marching in this truth, to keep manifesting the light, the salt, the the, the, the good soldier that we are, to, to stay on this path of the just, which is the path of the righteous. No, So I hope you're getting that this morning. That good thing being the form of sound doctrine only found in Christ Jesus, this is what was committed unto Timothy by the Holy Spirit and can only be kept by the Holy Spirit. Spirit through our faith. And let me say that again this morning. Anything that's ever, ever been by the Spirit of God has been through Christ Jesus. It's never been by the Spirit without faith in Christ Jesus. That's the process. It's by my Spirit through my Son. That's the process. You're not getting out of it. You're not going around it. Everything even under the old covenant that was not by our might, not by our power, but by His Spirit was done through faith in the coming Redeemer that you and I now have access to, to such a better way. He, by His Spirit, lives in us. And so many times we'll find Paul the Apostle writing, "...by the Spirit, through Christ." It's through Christ. Everything is through Christ or it's not to God. My worship is not to God unless it's by the Spirit through Christ. And that means through what He did at Calvary. My faith today has to be in what Jesus Christ did on that day 2,000 years ago or it's not going to be by His Spirit. And that's what happens when we begin... Change the form. If we change the sound words or we won't accept the sound words of God, it's because we don't, we're not yielded to what God is trying to do, which is to form us, conform us into the image of Christ. I've said it for a while. The church really doesn't want to hear about Jesus anymore. They don't mind hearing the name, but they don't really like being told that we're supposed to be being conformed into his image. And uh, the things that are going on in the world today is even it's not just listen, what's going on in our country today is not just shining a light on how evil the evil really is that's been there. It's also shining a light into the very church and and revealing to us which of God's people are going to come out from everything that really has not been God. They're going to come out and they're going to be the sheep among wolves in these last days. They're going to be found turning the other cheek. They're going to be found uh, loving those that hate them. They're going to be found blessing those that curse them. I said they're going to be found for those that despitefully use them. Well, I just don't see how I can do that by the Spirit of God through Christ Jesus or you are not going to be able to do it because that's God's only process. If you and I aren't focused on the sound words that begin to form us and shape us into the image when we were born again then we, if we don't hold fast to that, we're going to run off with every other of the excuse makers as to why we're doing this. But we'll justify everything in our own minds. But it won't be with the Word of God. Because the Word of God holds us fast to the course. The Word of God is truly a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It is truly forever settled in heaven. And it needs to become forever settled in our hearts. It needs to become the most precious thing to us on the planet. Hallelujah. I told Robin this morning, sitting at the kitchen table, I said, my Lord, I get to go share the gospel. Can you believe? I mean, I did just like this. I told, Do you, can you believe? I get to do the greatest thing on the planet today. I get to go share the wonderful words of God. Woo! You get excited about that. It doesn't matter who's faithful or who's not faithful. I get to share God's Word today. If that doesn't charge your spirit, my Lord, if that's not what's lighting your path, if that's not what lighting your heart up, if that's not, listen, what an opportunity. What an opportunity to buy God's Spirit through faith in Christ Jesus to be able to wake up again today and to share the wonderful words of God's truth to a people who are hungry to hear. Many will make fun, they always have, but there is a remnant. There is a remnant that will hear and be glad and accept the place of humility in which grace comes into the heart through and I'm excited to that for that we're not perfect Praise God, but we're following a perfect master in a perfect direction. There will be bumps along the way, but He is the one who recovers us every day. And though we fall seven times, we're going to get up and keep going because we're the righteous people of God. And though, listen, though the afflictions be many, He's going to deliver us out of every single one of them. We're going to make it if we will hold fast, I said, if we will hold fast to the form of sound words. you got to hold fast. I don't care if your wife or your husband says, I'm not holding fast. You go ahead. Uh, They're not going to ever tell you that. They're going to try to make you stop if they're not. That don't matter if your kids or your parents, it doesn't matter. What's more important than your family to Jesus is your relationship and endurance with Him. Nothing else. You can exalt your family over Him. You can exalt your nation over Him. And many are today. I praise God for President Trump, and I hope he wins this election coming up. But I ain't worshiping no man but the man, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I'm afraid that a lot of people have become worshipers of men. Let me say it again. God's not just revealing the evil To the degree that's in the world as it is, He's also shining His light on the church today through the preaching of the cross. Glory to God. I'm glad that He is showing me what ain't right with me so that He can change what's wrong with me. And if that's not our desire, if we just want to just get in this little puppet mode of saying, Oh, help me, Lord. Our people do it all the time. Help me, Lord. That's it. It's over. That's it. They're expecting Him just to magically, mystically do something. though, no, by the Spirit, through Christ. And when God sees that heart, when God sees that heart, not them lips, when God sees that heart desperately, oh, Lord, help me. He's going to help you. And everybody around you is going to see he's helping you because he's changing you. Glory to God. This is what church don't like today. Don't let me, don't, yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't tell me change. No, I'm going to church, ain't I? Maybe. Most ain't anymore. (laughs) Where are we here? That good thing which was committed unto you, keep. It's a commandment, it's not an option, nothing in the Word to the children of God is, is options. We have a commander-in-chief, the captain of our salvation, his name is Jesus. And he gives us the orders, he gives us commands. Jesus said, those that love me are the ones who are doing what I command them. He goes further in another place and says, you're my friends because you do what I tell you to do. We need, Boy, that needs to jar us a little bit. Thank God, He's a friend of sinners, and He loves us, and He saves us. But those that are befriending Him are those who do what He tells them to do. Isn't that something? Mm. Now, verse, let's look at Hebrews and 29. Because I want to make a point this morning about the Spirit of God. He he is God. He's, He's as much God as God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Father. And He dwells within us today. It is the Spirit of the Son of God. It is the Spirit of God. He is the Comforter. He is the One who encourages and edifies. He is the Spirit of truth. And here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29, the Bible says, "...of how much worse punishment." There's the word, punishment. Suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who has trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and has done despite unto the Spirit of grace. If we're operating by grace through faith, that means we're operating by the Spirit of God. That's where I get what I say. God's grace is God doing something, because if if God's doing something, He's doing it by His Spirit. And here we see another name for that Spirit of God is the Spirit of grace. The Spirit of grace. And he can we can do, and I have done, despite unto God, despite unto the Holy Spirit, despite unto the spirit of grace, by counting the blood of the covenant, not the only way of holiness Romans six, as I've been teaching over the last uh, uh eight Wednesday nights it reveals to us in Romans chapter 6, the only way of holiness is when the fruit, the fruit, you are righteous and holy in your position, but the only way the fruit of holiness comes about is through the manifested fruit of righteousness in our lives. And that only takes place if our faith remains in that which made us righteous and a servant of righteousness. Romans 6 bears that out. So when we teach, or we believe, that there's some other avenue other than the blood of Jesus, faith in the blood alone, that brings about not only the position of holiness, but the expression of holiness, the character, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, other than the cross of Christ, here it's called the blood of the covenant, we do despite, we're rejecting, we're, we're pushing away. The Spirit of God, who is here called the Spirit of Grace. And I'm giving you this scripture this morning because of what Paul says to Timothy. Hold fast the form of sound words which you've heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed unto you by, keep, by the Holy Spirit which dwells in us. Now, we can do despite to the Spirit of God that lives within us, or we can yield ourselves to the truth of the cross and hold fast to the sound words that are always going to be tied to Calvary. The Word of God is always tied to Calvary. As I said earlier, The only word that the the, the devil cannot steal out of your heart is the word that you're trusting in through faith in the blood of the covenant. Jesus. You need to know that. Exodus, you can take a note here. I gave it to the folks here at Crossway, I believe, maybe Wednesday night or Sunday morning. Exodus 24, verses 6 through 8. Moses he takes half the blood from the sacrifice and dumps it in basins. And he, and he puts the other half on the altar, which represents and was symbolic of the cross. And after the word of God, the law of God is read, he sprinkles the blood on the people and everything there, the law, everything there. And, and let's just go there and look at that this morning in case you missed that. I want you to be able to see that Exodus 24, 6 through 8. Moses, in verse 8, took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you concerning all these words that you just read in the law. Okay? That's the Old Covenant written for our end samples. And today we understand that the only way we can understand or enter into or even see, Jesus told Nicodemus, the kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy, in the Holy Ghost, is if we're looking at each scripture through faith in the blood. When we're trusting in the purpose-driven, the government of 12, all these per- programs and events and things and all that we do, being told we have to do, that's not trusting in the work of Christ. That's now trusting in what we do. And there is a massive difference because everything we do that's not by the Spirit through Christ is filthy to God. No matter how good it looks to men, it's filthy to God. We need to remember that. And if all the words, all the words in the old covenant had to be covered by the blood, all the words of the new covenant are covered by. By the blood of Jesus. That's why the priesthood changed. No longer Aaron and his boys. That's why the law changed. No more the law of Moses. All the rites, rituals, ceremonies, and all the things were all wrapped up and tied up in Jesus, the new great high priest. And through the shedding of his blood, now we can hear what God is saying by his Son, Hebrews Chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. What God is saying in these last days by His Son. That means through the blood. Uh, Hebrews 12 and 24 illuminates that to us. If you're taking notes today, write that down. Hebrews 12 and 24 says that the the blood of Abel spoke, but now the blood of Christ speaks much better than things of old. If we're not holding every word... In the light of what Jesus did at Calvary, it is not the light that comes from the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to share that. You need to know that because that is what God is showing us. And now, let's read verse 15 because this has really been in my heart. And the Lord is showing me some things about this for these last days and what He's going to do in His church. and He's not working everywhere you say He's working or think He's working. All God's works are done in truth. Psalms 33, 4. Those folks who don't want to agree with that, they don't understand it, uh, they won't just totally accept it, that's their issue. The Bible says in Psalm 33 and 4 that the Word of the Lord is right. So the focus is the Word of the Lord. But the word of the Lord is truth. All God's words are truth. Jesus said, Thy word is truth. The word of the Lord is right, can never be wrong. And all thy works are done in truth. Well, truth is a man named Jesus. And what makes him our experiential truth is what he did at Calvary, nothing else. And that's to get saved and get in the kingdom. And that's to live as kingdom people running the race to reach the finish line. You've got to carry the cross to the finish line, my friend. You've got to carry the cross to the finish line. Jesus taught that in Luke 9, 23. You've got to carry... The cross to the finish line or you will be carrying something else that's too heavy to carry and it will cause you to take some illusion, some deception called an exit in which there are none on this road. There is only a finish line or a quitting. And it will take you taking up the cross to reach the finish line. Because He keeps us by His power through faith unto salvation, the end of the saving of our souls as we finish this race, fighting the good fight of faith to the very end. Hallelujah. But in verse 15, and only those who are in the faith and growing and being strengthened in the faith and... Only those who the Lord has been able to bring back to Calvary will understand what's being said here. And I'm not talking words that uh, try to make us sound elite. We're not elite. I'm not better than one living, breathing human being on the planet today. Not one. Now, I may be living a life better than some are, and you are too. That's obvious. But I am being equipped by the Holy Spirit and I am growing and I am seeing more than I used to see. And that should be the story of all of our lives. Not seeing more that puts us up and puffs us up above everybody, but more that shows us how desperate we are and in great need to pray and to share this great faith no matter what in the days ahead. And to let people see us living it no matter what in the days ahead. Even if they drag us out there and stone us, we're only going to be ushered right into the presence of God. But we need to live it and share it with life and word. Hallelujah. Indeed and in truth. Praise the Lord. So, in verse 15, Paul tells Timothy something I have found very amazing over the last month or so. This you know, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me. That's, that's very heartbreaking. Who, who, who was in Asia? Before we go on, who was in Asia? The seven churches. That John would even, by the Spirit of God, be stirred to write to. Those seven churches, all of which were in trouble, maybe I think with the exception of one. And again, as we look back at history, we see very few write with God, walking with God and serving God compared to the numbers that be. I want you to think about this. When God brought His people Israel out of Egypt after a few hundred years of slavery and He sent Moses up the mountain to give him the law, when He came down the mountain, they had already erected a golden calf. You can read this in Exodus 32. But they tried to manipulate God just like the church today is doing. Again, the Lord has recently showed me that what was written into the Old Covenant was for in samples to us. That means exactly what took place is going to... To take place again. What was will be again. The majority will not cling to the form of sound words. They will run after everything. The New Testament even tells us that. That we will be being seduced by doctrines of devils. We will wax cold from love because iniquity will abound. We will quit while we don't think we have. But we have. We have quit but we won't think we have. It's called deception my friend. Moses comes down the mountain and possibly anywhere, somewhere around 2 million, uh, somewhere around that number, people were there. Israelites were there. And Moses said, who's on the Lord's side? Now, you got to picture this now. They built a golden calf and said, this is what brought us out of Egypt. But they also had erected an altar there beside it in the attempt to manipulate God. God is not mocked. The Bible says when we try to mock him, it's us who are digging a hole for our own selves. When we deny him, Paul told Timothy in the next chapter, if we ever get to it, he will deny us. Now, the Christians don't like that either. And that must mean something totally different because God won't ever deny us. That's a lie. God will deny you if you're denying him. Jesus even taught that. If you're ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you when I come with the holy angels. Oh, we need to wake up and get real with God. But we see Moses asking the question in that day, who is on the Lord's side? Only one tribe of twelve came out. And as you follow that story of God's people heading to the Promised Land, you would see uprisings along the way, even of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram who said, You're not the only ones who's able to lead. We can lead. We're all God's holy people. And they rebelled, the, and, and God opened the, the, a hole in the earth and kicked them off in it and covered it up and kept going. There's always, even among that one tribe that came out of the twelve, there will be a remnant Even within that number, no matter where you are, there will be a remnant that's really marching in the truth and holding fast the form of sound words. I pray God we be some of that few. I pray the key word is what you're going to yield to. The key word is what you're going to yield to. Not what you say you're yielded to, what with your heart you're yielding to. Amen, Brother Curtis. Watch this now. You know, Timothy, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes. Now, I believe Paul mentioned these two names more than likely. I wasn't there, so I really don't know. But I assume that these two men were probably the ringleaders. Have you ever thought about all the men that followed Paul around to pull those who were in the faith, uh, back out of the faith and back into the bondage of feast keeping and circumcision and program following and conference following or trying to go all, travel all over the place to, listen, we gotta wake up today, my friends. Those people that followed Paul around, to destroy those people's faith who'd become followers of Christ were the people God had rejected and cut off. Israel was cut off by God through their rejection of Christ. That's what the Bible says in Romans 11. They were severed, they, the natural branches were cut off so that they could be grafted in, grafted in by faith. Think about that. When people are following the preachers of the cross around in the background, saying it's not just about the cross. You don't have to apply everything to the cross. It's, that's, that's a little too radical. That's a little too much. They've taken this thing and just gone plumb overboard with it. That's where Paul was, and that's why they all forsook him. This truth will either be found conforming you, through you yielding to it, or this truth will be pushed aside so that you can go the way of the rest of the dead fish down the river. See, to be a Christian in 2020 is to stand out. I'm not talking about to be a church goer. I'm talking about to be a Christian, to be one who is holding the form of the sound words that's been committed unto you to live and to share. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 that our lives are are to be that which is becoming the gospel. Seen, manifest. What's wrong with him? Why, Why is she different? Why... Well, it's that God stuff. It's that Jesus stuff they're all about. It's that cross stuff they always try to talk about. The love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God. They always try to bring the word of God into every situation. And you know, you you really just don't have to do that. God's doing more than just uh, the word. And God's doing a all... whole listen All his works are done in truth. Truth is a man named Jesus. And the Bible says that all things are of him, the truth. All things are from him, the truth. All things are by him, the truth. And all things will return to him who is the truth, Jesus Christ. It's heartbreaking to look back and to realize that because Paul became determined to know nothing else, and he 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 hung on to that through to the very end that he would even have to in his last letter that he would write that we're aware of to Timothy would tell him all those in Asia have forsaken me that means they'd followed a lie now i'm not going to stand here today and tell you those people lost their soul but i will remind you of what Romans chapter 11, verses 18 through 22 speak of, that if we get heady, haughty, and high-minded and forget that it's by faith we live, we'll be cut off just like Israel. That's in your Bible. I know preachers don't preach that because of the uh, unbiblical heresy and and, and, and and a word that is very n- much not sound and will form you the wrong way of this un. Conditional eternal security—this once saved, no matter what you do, always saved—and believe me, it's not what you do that got you saved, and it's not what you do or don't do that keeps you saved. It's your faith, and that's why that's written there in Romans 11. And 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 these same people will tell you, well, they never were saved because we don't believe you can lose your salvation. Well, that's that's really that's really. People even own milk, babies, shouldn't even be believing that because there's too much Scripture in the New Testament that blatantly tells us quite the opposite. But here we are, a great example of I'd rather hang on to something my granddaddy and daddy and uncle in some denomination that's been in my family's lineage for 200 years has told me other than just trusting the form of sound words to the point now that we'll go out and write entire new translations of Bibles to reword it and reform it the way we think it should have been written. Come on now. That's where we are as the church in the world today. Now, not only is this one place where Paul admits that everybody in Asia has forsaken me. Do you remember when he's writing to the church in Galatia and he says, what happened to the? This is a letter to them. What happened to the blessed place we had together? Do you not remember when I was there and, and I was struggling and and, and being te- some temptation in my flesh? He said, "You you treated me though as I was an angel from heaven or Christ Himself, and you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. You 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 done found great hope, great salvation, and everything you needed in the." Truth of the cross of Christ, the gospel. But see, they were being lied to. And Paul said, Have I now become your enemy because I tell you the truth? See, this again. You are hard-pressed to find any preacher that will yield to this way in these last days. And when you do, among that number, what even that number will be reduced down. We've watched it for 15 years, I have, and even more so actually. Because preachers get excited over this and they realize it is the answer, but then when everybody else around them won't accept it as the answer, that has an effect on us. The effect it should have is to press in, to hold fast, not to loosen our grip on this which we have received of the Lord just because others won't receive it. That's been the story throughout the ages. Not everybody's going to go with us. Not everybody's going to agree with us. But you and I, those who are attached to this ministry, wherever you might be, whoever you might be, we're going to run this race to the finish line as we yield ourselves to the truth of the cross. For there we find grace the Holy Spirit enabling and empowering us to hold fast to these sound words, I cannot do that by myself. Faith in the cross is what allows the Holy Spirit to work by that law He works by, Romans 8, 2, and and strengthen me, empower me to hold fast, to be able to see clearly enough, to be able to realize I've got to keep clinging to the sound words that, that formed me and have me in the right direction and keeps this Spirit of grace working in my life. Because I can't do that, only He can. See, I can cry out for the next rest of my life, however many years that might be, help me, Lord. But what what the Lord answers is not so much as words. He answers a heart that yields to the truth. Nobody that's ever said, save me, God, save me, God, has been saved by God until they heard the gospel. Now, their folk won't like that today, but that's just... Sound words when Cornelius wanted to uh, be a good man when he wanted to serve God he, he was doing a lot of good things, but he was outside he wasn 't outside of god 's view because God viewed that and God viewed his heart and God uh, gave him a vision even uh, uh, <coughs> worked in peter 's life and gave him a vision, and sent somebody to get Peter and Peter came and, and he he heard the gospel. Did he hear it? He heard it, and he believed it. Even with an impact of not just believing it being saved, but right there in the house of Cornelius, everybody got saved, and all of them got filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about. I want it, and I want it all. I don't want it just to go to church. I want it all. Hallelujah. <laughs> If you're holding fast the form of sound words, you won't believe those people that tell you the baptism of the Holy Spirit's not for today because that can't be found in God's sound words. We can't hold fast to what granddaddy and daddy thought. There's a lot of things my family don't believe that are in the Word of God that I choose to yield to. I choose to believe. Why? Because it's in the Word, and it's in the New Testament, and it's for today. And even if it were just in the Old Testament, it's there for me to look at to show me what's going to happen even among those of the church so that I can guard my heart and realize how desperate I am and that I can easily be one that falls away and runs off making excuses of how right I am with God no matter what. I can be one of them. Amen, Brother Curtis, Teach on, Brother Curtis, Call the sheep home, Brother Curtis. <laughs> it's a scary thing to see, but when you begin to see this how how small that remnant really is. I'm not talking about how small number there are of saved people. I'm talking about that small number of people who the Lord has been able to bring back to the cross and been able to keep them there. It breaks your heart, but at the same time it breaks your heart, don't forget, when you begin to see the narrowness of the road and the few there be that travel it, the enemy is going to whisper into your ear. He's going to tell you, no, no, no. You, you just, you, you're going, no, it, you know, that's too narrow. You're being too radical. God's, you know, God, He's accepting. No, God only works within the perimeters of the truth. God sees everything. He saw Cornelius wanted to be right, but how many other people has he seen that were doing the exact same thing that Cornelius was doing, but he didn't have a heart that was after really after God they had hearts that just wanted to be seen by men. Cornelius had a heart who wanted god i want to I want to serve the God of Israel because god I've said it for years it's not so much he He's not listening to what our lips say. I'm not saying he don't hear it. I'm not saying God don't see everything that's going on, but I'm saying it's with the heart man believes unto righteousness, the place where God honors and saves. And that never stops being the way God operates in a Christian's life. When the heart is believing unto righteousness... Us who are already saved, now we're led by the Holy Spirit of truth, the Spirit of grace, into the truth of God, which is Him teaching us God's truth in its righteous context because all of His words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. You see, that remnant, that broken, that humble, that lowly people of God today are not trying to make a a show of themselves, and they're not trying to make their name great. Oh, many are. But the humble, the broken, and the lowly, those who are yielded to the truth and the way of the cross of Jesus Christ, are, are, we look weak, we look drab. The cloak of humility is a very drab-looking cloak to wear. But the cloak of humility among men is the very untainted cloak of righteousness before God. You need to hear that again. The cloak of humility among men looks pitiful, but it is the very cloak which God sees as the garment of righteousness. And I don't want mine spotted like the church of Sardis. For Jesus to have to say, There are some among you who have not yet spotted up their garments. Some among you who've, who've not turned away from this narrow path, but you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to remember where you heard and believed. You're going to have to remember. You're going to have to repent and overcome so your names won't be blotted out of the book of life. That's Revelation chapter 3, verses 2 through 6. And that is to the church. My encouragement to all of us today is that we would all be found holding fast to these sound words, the form of sound words, which are only found in Christ, only found in Christ. And that the farther along we go, everything is narrowing down. It will get so narrow one day eventually after the rapture takes place, that there will only be two messengers, the two witnesses the book of Revelation speaks of. Don't think this thing's not been narrowing down from the very beginning. And God is bringing His plan to a head. (laughs) His name is Jesus. Glory to God. He is the head of all things. He is the head of the body of Christ, His own body. I encourage you today to no matter who's believing what around you, don't be caught in going and being planted in some place of worship that's not focused on the cross of Christ. Don't do it because your excuse is not justified before God. We are to be planted together with those of like precious faith and be found striving for the faith of the gospel. That's in our Bibles. That is sound words written for us that if yielded to, believed, the Holy Spirit will enable us, empower us to get up and get out of where we are and let go of the things we've exalted above the way of the cross. We're in a, we're in a time right now that's very crucial. And from this time right now onward you're going to see a uh, not not just here a little bit here and there like we have throughout many years you're going to see a great great falling away it's going to be manifest god is manifesting it now everything is being made manifest greater and greater and greater and i as the apostle paul want to be able to say i want to be found not having my own righteousness But that which comes by grace through my faith in the sacrifice of the Son of God. Daily, daily taking up my cross to follow Him. For if in the... Listen, when Paul wrote this some 1900 or so years ago, all those in Asia had already forsaken Him. Here's something you can take and look into. What happened to the church between that time and the time of Martin Luther? All that happened, I'm not going to say people didn't get saved. I believe personally they did. But I believe there was a greater negative taking place all those years. Greater corruption. Greater corruption and ultimately coming to a place where for the most part the church was represented by the Roman Catholic evil thing that began to take place. And if The Lord started reaching into Rome through this letter from Paul. We read, we see that it, for the most part, was rejected, thrown away, and it became something else and still is alive on the earth today. That evil. Because if it's not faith in the cross, it's evil. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in this week. I encourage you to join us every Friday morning at 9 o'clock. If you can, you live anywhere within 50 miles. Drive in, bring your coffee, your pad of paper, and your pencil. And uh, we'll just study the Word of God together. And uh, I'll walk around a few minutes after Bible study and we... Uh talk about the Word of God, and and uh, just spend a little time together. So if you can do that, we'd love to have you. Uh, don't forget to tune in Wednesdays at 6.40 p.m., is at 10 a.m., Mondays and Thursdays at 8.30 a.m., live on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page and the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Don't forget to keep praying for us, praying for you, and don't forget to sow into the ministry. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or... You can text your giving to 903-231-5950. Just type the word give in there. See you next time, but until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you later.